Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Welcome to the Big Life Podcast on Full Service Radio. Broadcasting live from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C. I am Lina Salazar, a health coach and the creator of the Food Sanity Program. I work with women who struggle with food and body image and companies that believe in meditation as a resource for employee well-being. And I'm Ingrid Weishus, also a health coach. I help women in leadership go from overwhelmed and burned out to focused, healthy, and thriving by optimizing what's already working in their lives and creating achievable strategies to the air in the areas they need to work on. In The Big Life, Ingrid and I hold inspiring and honest conversations to gain insight into how people deal with stress and burnout and the lessons they learn along the way to live big, fulfilling lives. Today on the show, we're joined by Dr. Jody Kanauer and Dr. Vasilika Morigiani. I hope I didn't butcher, butcher that. You did a little bit, but <laughs> I'm that's <okay>. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. My name also gets butchered a lot, so I apologize. That's okay. um, so Dr. Uh, Jody Knauer is a doctor in acupuncture and runs Bula Wellness in Old Town, Alexandria. Ten years ago, Jody transitioned out of a career in nonprofit work and corporate marketing to earning a master's and doctorate in acupuncture. Jody specializes in women's health and reproductive medicine and offers a whole systems Eastern medicine approach to health care. And Dr. Vasilik Morgiani is a fertility specialist at CCRM, a, well leader, a world leader in fertility care, and sees patients in Northern Virginia and Maryland. She's a board certified um, in reproductive endocrinology and infertility, as well as obstetrics and gynecology, and is an assistant professor of medical education at the University of Virginia School of Medicine. Most recently, she was voted a top doctor by the Washingtonian in 2018 and 2019. We're so excited to have both of you here. I think this is gonna be a um, amazing and enriching conversation, and I think it's not gonna be enough time. I think there might be a no. part two of this conversation. Mm, for sure. <laughs> We're Jody, very happy Vasiliki. to be here. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. We, Ingrid and I, we both work with women, and this is definitely an issue that we care care about, right? We created the Big Life podcast, uh, among other things, to raise awareness about the effects of stress of stress on every facet of our lives, and fertility is a big one. Mm -hmm. So let's start by defining infertility or fertility. Mm -hmm. So infertility is defined um, as the inability for a couple uh, or an individual to conceive after um, depending on the age of the female uh, if she's less than 35 after 12 months of timed unprotected intercourse by timed we mean time to the right time of the month during mm -hmm. the fertile window uh, and after age 35 uh, six months of, of uh, intercourse at the right time of the month um, and at, this is not necessarily meant to you know put labels or, or be very strict in terms of the time and it's more of a sense of when some sort of evaluation investigation and possible treatment are warranted in each one of these categories of patients mm -hmm. and it's important to note as well that when we look at infertility about one-third is a female factor mm -hmm. one-third is a male factor and one-third is how the couple come together and out of that one-third about 20% is unknown mm -hmm. 
Oh, wow. Right, mm -hmm. and it's, it's unexplained infertility as, um, of course, primary, secondary infertility. Secondary refers to we've already been successful in having a child, having difficulty the second time around, mm -hmm. or the third, or primary, not being able to have children uh, from the beginning. Uh, all of these are very difficult diagnoses uh, to come to terms with for a couple or an individual, um, especially the unexplained category, as, as Jody alluded to, because there's no, you come to the doctor and there's no explanation for why you're having difficulty. But the good news is that a lot of the treatment is much more sophisticated than the diagnostic modalities mm -hmm. that we have. And oh. therefore, there's a lot of treatment available for even unexplained infertility. Okay. And so that's interesting because I think that mm -hmm. that allude, like that in, unexplained infertility is probably the hardest one to digest for because sure. what is of going course. on? Mm -hmm. And so, and I know there's a lot of talk about the role of stress and fertility, um, but there's a lot of differing opinions about whether or not stress plays a role in fertility. How much of a role do you both see that stress plays into both primary, secondary, like all kinds of infertility? Yeah, definitely. So stress is, from a Chinese medicine perspective, typically one of the major underlying etiologies of what's going on. When we look through a Chinese medicine lens, and if we take the couple together, so both from a male perspective and also from a female perspective, when we look at stress and fertility, it affects the hypothalamus, for women specifically, hypothalamus pituitary ovarian axis, and then also the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. And so when our cortisol levels are elevated, the pituitary gland, the response back then with our hormones, it's an adverse response, right? Mm -hmm. So the reproductive system in some ways can shut down, whether that mm -hmm. is through lack of ovulation, um, lack of actually a woman receiving or getting her period, um, or the fallopian tubes perhaps spasming um, during a stressful moment in their lives, which could perhaps inhibit implantation. Okay, cool. Right, or the uterus not being a hospital environment for implantation to occur, right? And an example that I use sometimes to explain this to my patients is the extreme example of women in concentration camps under extreme amounts of stress. Uh, these women, the majority of a good number of them would stop menstruating because Obviously, reproduction, unfortunately, it is extremely important, but it's not a life-sustaining uh, yeah. um, uh, process in our bodies. So when under a lot of stress, and stress can be defined for one person as the stress of taking an exam next week, and for another person, the stress of survival, um, you know, in an extreme, extremely stressful um, situation. So... How, whatever the threshold is for every person, person of course, varies. Uh, what triggers um, the stressful, the, the stress response is different. And then, um, but when your body senses that it's stressed, all these hormones are released to kind of preserve vital functions, such as your heart beating, your brain working, your, lung, your lungs taking in oxygen, not so much you ovulating again in the period, that's not important to your survival at the moment. So it can definitely affect for both men and women this process extremely um, to a large extent. So I like that you 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 highlight the fact that our bodies don't know what we're stressed about. They don't mm -hmm. know whether we're in a right. concentration camp or mm -hmm. stressed about our mortgage, yeah. and and also the fact that this is this affects both men and women. So mm -hmm. why don't and Jody, you also talked about that, right? Mm -hmm. I would love if you could talk about the fact that this is a couple's thing and that stress can affect both parts that are key for reproduction and fertility. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So um, it definitely stress definitely affects um, it, as as Jody explained the the uh, signals for the reproductive uh, system come from the brain for both men and women. So it's uh, whether hormones are, are released from the same hormones are released from the same part of the body for men and women, and whether they um, have the ovaries are there as their end organ or the testicles obviously varies from men to women, but otherwise everything else is exactly the same. Some some um, people familiar with fertility treatments might know that Clomid, for example, is used for both men and women um, to induce ovulation or to help with uh, sperm function. So uh, bottom line is that the system is, is identical up to the, uh, or almost identical up to the point of the end organ for men and women. And these are hormonal interactions that are affected um, very rigorously by cortisol and all these other stress hormone levels, as Jody was uh, talking about earlier. Um, and uh, it is not something in Western medicine, unfortunately, that is well understood, appreciated, or can be quantified in any way. So I cannot do a test to measure how stressed you are or how much your stress is affecting your fertility, but it's something that is definitely real. And, and as we see through our interactions with Eastern medicine, when these levels more subjectively on our end, but I'm sure maybe more objectively, and Jody will tell us in a minute, um, when these levels are decreased, we see an improvement in the response to treatment, in natural conception rates, and pregnancy outcomes, um, and uh, therefore you can draw conclusions from, from these uh, observations. Yeah, most definitely. You know, through you know, Eastern medicine lens, you know, as um, we had talked about, you know, stress is one of those underlying etiologies. And you know, oftentimes when women are going through um, IVF cycles or IUI, IUI cycles or they're going through a natural conception process, the stress levels um, are through the roof. And through acupuncture, one of the main things that people notice um, is a release of their stress. Mm -hmm. There's other things a lot of other things are occurring actually um, from an unconscious level yes. but from a conscious level that's what people are most familiar with and experience and feel yeah for sure <laughs> I like that you I, I mean Ingrid and I we are making an effort in sort of like bringing different ways of approaching issues and and that's why we have you guys from like mm -hmm. the eastern perspective and the western perspective because we believe that it's not either or they can complement each other sure. so mm -hmm. and i know that you've known each other for some time now why don't you give us an example of someone that you've worked with right how did you each 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 one of you um contributed to a successful story mm -hmm. So uh, Jody and I have shared a lot of patients uh, over time, and I think what part part of um, this our interaction being so wonderful and productive and reproductive <laughs> is that. <laughs> is that it's this perfect marriage of Eastern and Western medicine. When I refer my patients, if they happen to come to me first for some reason, if I refer my patients to, to an Eastern medicine provider such as Jody, um, I tell them I do not understand exactly how Eastern medicine will work for you or how it will help you, but I understand that Western medicine goes to the extent that I reviewed with you um, and then Western medicine, of course, has a lot to offer, a lot of medications, a lot of treatments, a lot of diagnostic modalities, but it's, I think, a little bit 
hindered by the fact that we do not see necessarily the human as, as a holistic um, in a holistic way. Um, I tell my patients, uh, you know, I see your uh, uterus and your fallopian tubes and your ovaries and maybe your brain a little bit in this process. But for example, your spleen enzymes, I don't know how those affect uh, or your liver enzymes, how those affect the process. And it's not standard Western medicine practice to incorporate those. But that's how that's one of the benefits in addition to stress reduction and and um, other benefits of course Jodi is much more can more eloquently explain how the two can work together um, the two disciplines uh, in helping patients as much as possible most definitely and that is such a beauty of Eastern medicine is that we look at the body through a whole body system. It's a whole complete system. So not only are we looking at the body from a reproductive perspective, but we're also looking at how the other pieces of the body are functioning together. And through acupuncture specifically, so if a woman comes into my office and they're not ovulating, or they perhaps have a lot of pain around their period, or high stress, not sleeping, um, digestive system is shut down. Men. We can look at the whole entire body to support the body best. Research around acupuncture in Chinese medicine shows that acupuncture is certainly incredibly effective in increasing blood flow to the uterus, which helps lead to an optimal follicular environment and microenvironment and to an ideal and optimal endometrial lining. In addition to that, acupuncture helps support women from having a, bio, a biological uh, miscarriage, um, a biochemical miscarriage, and helping to reduce um, the stress associated with the potential of miscarriages as well. So, yeah, this is all so interesting, and I'm trying to figure out how to ask the right question questions to you. Yeah, which to questions you, yeah. to prioritize? So one of the <laughs> things that I, I work with a lot of women in leadership, they've, had their, they've put their career, they're goal-oriented, they want to get things done, and they may have delayed their journey to, create, you know, to have a family, right? And so what I end up seeing is there's a lot of stress, and then they embark on the fertility journey, and they're frustrated because they can't get pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we reframe that, and how do we talk about that's one part of the question, how do we reframe that? And then the other part of the question is many of them have been on birth control for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so what they're struggling with is they think, okay, I'm off the pill or whatever birth control that I'm on, usually the pill, everything should work out really quickly. Like in a month, everything should be fine and I'm good. And I'm going to try this and this is going to work. Is that the case or is there more to it than that? Well, oftentimes I would say the cases that we see are, you know, the cases where women are struggling to conceive. You know, there is a misconception of immediately getting off of birth control and all of a sudden the next month or two able to conceive naturally. And, you know, through our clinics, respectively, when we work with these women, I'll start with your first question, <laughs> you know, it can be quite traumatic and frustrating. And um, women go through many different emotions when they're not able to conceive immediately. And one way I like to compare this or look at this is through um, a beautiful artwork called Kintsugi in Japanese um, culture. And it's taking a look at broken pieces of pottery mm. and putting that together through gold. And mm -hmm. so, so many of these women feel like, so now you have this beautiful creation of art, right? And so many women feel like they're broken in this process. Mm -hmm. And part of 
you know, my job and our jobs is to look at the person as a whole. We certainly are all scarred in one way or another, right? I mean, that's just living our daily lives. But we are not broken, so finding those gold pieces and interlaying those wherever you need to. So it needs to be a mind shift, a pausing process, a mind-body awareness to help these women and help these couples, help the men as well, to shift perspective. So whether it's through a meditation practice and you're using that in flowing gold throughout your reproductive organs, um, whether it's through a yoga practice, whether it's through just getting out um, and stepping away from the overconsumption that we have um, in our worlds and finding a tribe that can really truly support us um, outside of the medical office. Mm -hmm. So whether that's family, friends, um, therapists, of course, um, you know, your reproductive endocrinologist um, and, and, and acupuncturist as well. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, something I heard that has kind of stuck with me um, for some time now in my career is that infertility, unlike, obviously it's a, it's a very traumatic experience and it's a grieving process. For the typical grieving process, you had a very negative experience, whether this was death, uh, divorce, whatever it may have been. It happened once and now you are dealing with it moving forward in whatever process you're going through. For infertility, it's slightly different in that the negative, um, the negative experience or stressor keeps repeating itself. Every time you get a period, it's another slap in the face. You failed again this month. And it's for particularly for the more accomplished, successful, type A, uh, OCD, career-oriented uh, women that are used to working hard and succeeding in everything because it's under their control, it's very difficult to come to terms with something not being under your control. And yeah. again, month after month, finding out that you failed because that's what it appears like to them, even though it's clearly completely out of their control. Um, and But, but it... Regardless, it is something that keeps scarring you month after month, and um, it's something that needs to be, um, to be, that's why, as Jody, I think, was alluding to as well, some of these coping mechanisms, uh, maybe some behavioral mm -hmm. modification or, or changing your response to this continuous trauma can really help you deal with this much better because it's not going to be you know it's it's not it's a marathon it's not a sprint so um you need to prepare yourself for possibly disappointments and the ups and the downs and and everything in between so i think this is a perfect moment for a short break but we'll be right back Thank you. 
Welcome back to the Big Life Podcast on Full Service Radio. We are Ingrid Vaishus and Lina Salazar broadcasting live from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C. Our guests today are Dr. Knauer, a doctor of acupuncture. What am I saying, Dr. Knauer? Jody. <laughs> I know you so well that I'm like, oh, that sounds so weird. Um, she's an acupuncturist, doctor in acupuncture, and also the owner of Bula Wellness in Alexandria, and Dr. Moriani, a fertility specialist at CCRM. So during our first part of the conversation, we focused on understanding the role of fertility, like the role stress plays in fertility, what other factors may come into play, how being career-driven and having so much to accomplish career-wise may delay getting starting a family and how that plays into it and how the idea of not um, being able to get pregnant after you've accomplished so much is mm -hmm. so difficult for so many women. Um, and we've also talked about how Eastern and Western medicine can work really well to support this process. Um, and now I think that we like to focus the second part of our show on starting to Make, give people tools that they can start implementing wherever they are in the process, whether they're not thinking about getting pregnant, and then maybe give them some information about the things they need to start thinking about when they're going to start getting pregnant, and also maybe if they're in the middle of a fertility process. Mm -hmm. So, go for it, Lena. Do you want to, do you have a question? I know you had a question before we went question. to break. I so. had a question that I was saving. Um, we always are, we are always thinking about our clients and I work with women who struggle with body image and, and food, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of emotional mm -hmm. eating and who a lot of chronic dieting. And I once had, I never worked with this woman, but I, she came to me and she was like, well, I want to work with you because I want to prepare to get pregnant. It's like, oh, that's so great. She wants to, you know, prepare her mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. She was like, I want to lose weight. So mm -hmm. I am not as heavy when I get pregnant. Um, and that's not what I do, so we didn't work together. But my question is, which is connected to the mind-body connection, right? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with women or how do you transmit the message that it's okay to eat and that it's important to prepare your body and that fat is connected to hormonal health, etc.? How do you transmit that message from both of your lenses? Yeah, so through a Chinese medicine lens, you know, we are looking at several different um, meridian systems per se. And so those are the energetic highways as we work with women who are struggling with fertility. And through the two primary ones that we tend to work with, and this is a very broad stroke, um, there are three treasures within there. And so it is incredibly important that we have a balance between the kidney meridian, and, and that in Chinese medicine is considered the essence. There's one of our treasures from there is the Jing. And so with the Jing, that is what we are born with. That is also what we tend to uh, deplete throughout our lifetime, whether it's through stress, whether it's through food, poor dietary uh, choices, um, or we can improve upon the Jing by positive dietary choices. Uh, when we look at then the heart meridian, that's the second one that we look at again, typically. And the heart meridian, that has more of the emotional piece to it. All the meridians have an emotional component, but this has the Shen that has an association with the mind. And so when you're asking about women who want to lose weight before they become pregnant, you know, I have an honest conversation with my patients. You know, why do they want to lose that weight? And do they really truly have the space and capability to nurture a 
tiny human. And so when we look at, so the shen, which resides in the heart space, needs to be in balance. And then the kidneys, which controls the essence, controls the jing, also needs to be in balance. And the third treasure is the qi and how it flows back and forth. And qi being very broad stroke, I'm sure many of your listeners have heard about Mm. qi, and, and it's just one piece of it. But there needs to be a balance that flows throughout. And you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, Dr. Maradiani spoke about you know what infertility is, and when we look through the lens of different age groups, and we have a similar relationship in Chinese medicine of the aging process, but I really ask my patients not to be tied down to any of their numbers. And that includes their fertility numbers Mm -hmm. as well, because we can look at it from a chronological age and we can also look at it from a biological Mm -hmm. age. Now we all are celebrating our birthdays and hopefully Mm -hmm. with joy and happiness and with friends and loved ones. And that number we cannot change, but we can positively influence our Mm -hmm. biological age. And that is through the choices that we make the space that we make in our lives to create the babies and the food choices that we're having as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Weight and fertility is also, um, uh, weight definitely links to fertility and fertility health uh, in Western medicine as well. Uh, extremes of weight, such as being underweight or overweight or obese, can have a negative impact, again, for the same reasons we reviewed earlier, uh, hormones coming from the brain, sometimes um, making ovulation less frequent or absent altogether, periods c- c- go along with that. Um, <clears throat> same for um, sperm parameters and male reproductive potential in terms of uh, weight extremes. Uh, and therefore maintaining a healthy body image, a healthy um, weight um, for both men and women, and especially for women as they're going to embark now Hopefully the end result of treatment is pregnancy, and therefore as they embark on pregnancy, um, they need to be as healthy as possible in terms of of, uh, of weight. Um, and this is something that um, you know we screen all our patients for, and we have honest discussions about. Um, and sometimes treatment cannot proceed until we are at a healthier level, because it's not just the point of getting you to having a baby or getting pregnant. It's a point the point of getting you there in a healthy way for both you and the baby Um, and therefore this is something we talk about on a constant basis we work with eastern medicine providers with nutritionists um, and um, it becomes again a holistic approach to um, try and and, uh, work on these goals so let's talk a little bit about okay someone's thinking about starting a family getting Mm -hmm. pregnant what do they need to start thinking about for themselves individually, but also as a couple. Because I do think there is a lot of talk and there's more awareness around the woman knowing that she has to do certain Mm -hmm. things, right? Mm -hmm. That she has to think about what she's eating, whether she's drinking alcohol or not, Mm -hmm. and all of these things. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we don't talk about the men. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So can we talk a little bit more about that? And so our listeners can start thinking about things a little bit differently or maybe... Yeah, it is so important. I'm glad you brought that up because we do tend to historically focus a lot more on the women. So for men specifically, it takes around 72 days for a sperm to develop. And so we need to start thinking about changing our diet being you know, less alcohol, perhaps less caffeine, certainly less processed foods. Also looking at, you know, from a nutritional standpoint, supplement standpoint, how can we positively influence the DNA 
of the sperm to make sure that the sperm quality is at its optimal. So from a women's perspective, it takes around you know, 90 days or so for a follicle to develop, but we start to look at it even before that, which we much prefer to do in, through Chinese medicine. Preconception care for both men and women is critical, and the primordial cells start to develop six months to a year prior to the actual follicle being released and that high quality egg that we're looking for. You know, we're just looking for one fantastic sperm mm -hmm. and one fabulous egg. Mm -hmm. And in order to find that quality and work with that quality, preconception care is incredibly important. Through a Chinese medicine lens, dosing is important. So if we look at someone coming into my office who wants a fast fix, um, it does not, Chinese medicine does not work with just one or two treatments. Mm -hmm. you, we need a consistent time period over at least three to six months, possibly even a year, certainly for women and for men, at least three months to look at changing their lifestyle as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, I, I would totally agree. Um, I don't, I very rarely see couples who are individuals who are thinking about starting a family in the future. The vast majority of patients we see, of course, are uh, individuals who have had difficulty and end up seeking uh, care. Uh, but for those, um, how the way we view or the, the, the way I see patients um, is uh, sometimes uh, so Sometimes patients uh, come into thinking about fertility preservation, so slightly different than what you're talking about, but patients were thinking, I'm not ready to get pregnant now, but in the future I might get want to get pregnant. How can I preserve my, my fertility and also prepare for when that time comes? So along both lines, um, uh, may, both ma male and female health status is extremely important. I would recommend that um, if you're thinking about conceiving in the near future uh, or attempting to conceive, it would be a good idea for both the man and the woman to visit uh, their doctor, make sure that they're up to date in terms of their immunizations, particularly for the female, making sure that they are screened for any sort of diseases, uh, sexually transmitted diseases, genetic diseases, um, their family history, their personal histories look that um, any medications they're on are um, managing the symptoms or the diseases that they're on them for. Um, their overall health is optimized. Um, and for uh, the women particularly, uh, taking a prenatal vitamin in advance of getting pregnant, at least three months is, is ideal so that folic acid can be in the system ahead of time. And then for men, taking a multivitamin as well um, is a good idea. Um, seeing an Eastern medicine provider, if that's something they're interested in, to try and work on their entire health uh, more holistically is something that makes sense. And again, preparing preparing your body for um, your body and your mind uh, for this big change that's about to happen uh, can only benefit you and your relationship and how you embrace this change and how you welcome this new tiny human into your life. So Vasiliki, I have one question thinking about clients as well. Let's say that if you are preparing, the best thing to do is all of those things that you said, just like preparing mm -hmm. your body, mm -hmm. healthy diet, move, just the basics of a healthy life. But if you are having trouble getting pregnant, what are the options? Like for those listeners out there who are clueless and they don't mm -hmm. know where to start, what are mm -hmm. some options available? So you can start by going to your OBGYN and talking about your symptoms, your difficulty. They can run some tests. Uh, you can go straight to a reproductive endocrinologist, who, which is 
the uh, syn synonymous to a fertility specialist. Um, you sometimes need to be, for insurance purposes, need to be referred to a specialist by your OBGYN mm -hmm. or not. Either way, um, some basic fertility evaluation needs to happen again if you meet the criteria based on what we talked about in the very beginning in terms of the infertility diagnosis. And then like I tell my patients always, of course, information is key, and doing test, undergoing testing doesn't mean you need to have treatment, or it doesn't mean that once I check your fertility, you're going to go through IVF the next month. You can say, okay, I understand there's no issues that you identified, I'll keep trying on my own, or I know that there is this issue, but treatment is not an option for me, so I'll keep trying, or I will consider other options. So treatment, testing doesn't equate treatment, and it shouldn't overwhelm patients. Um, I think the first important piece is getting information, figuring out what is going on, and then hearing what your options are and, and deciding what makes sense for you as individuals or couples. So shifting a little bit now, if we have listeners out there who may have found out that they're having fertility problems, that they're going to start going through, the, through some kind of a process. It takes a toll. I've had friends, I've had family members who've gone through this process. Um, it's taxing emotionally. Mm -hmm. It's taxing physically, financially. Financially, yeah. um, there's a there's Socially. a huge burden. Right. Exactly. Right. So, what are your top tip, like top two, I would say, to help someone go through this process and deal with it in a better way, so that. Again, they don't spiral down that, oh my gosh, more stress, which makes mm -hmm. everything so mm -hmm. much worse. Mm -hmm. um, my number one tip, you know, right off the top of my head would be communication. Communication with your partner, with yourself, first of all, communication with your partner, communication with your healthcare team. Uh, what I hear often about patients, um, you know, sometimes seeing me for a second opinion, they say, I felt like I was lost in the process. My, I couldn't talk to my doctor. I didn't know what was happening. I um, had trouble with my partner. My partner and I are not on the same page. Uh, I didn't know how to deal with this uh, myself. So being fully aware, uh, not necessarily freaking out, going online, researching things, you know, <laughs> which can sometimes be overwhelming and confusing and, and very yeah. st stressful, uh, but communicating your needs to yourself, your partner, how this process is affecting you and having an open line of communication and feeling comfortable with your healthcare team because this is not like any other medical condition where I see my doctor for high blood pressure, you know, a couple of visits and it's done. Um, not, of course, to make this sound less, less important, but it's a very compact, stressful, intense period of time when you undergo fertility testing or treatment, and therefore feeling comfortable with your medical team is extremely important. I would absolutely agree. Um, communication is so important. When I see these couples that are struggling with fertility, um, oftentimes the stress gets so high that they lose sight of why they join together. Right. And in addition to being you know, communicative with your partner, also making sure that you have a team, a medical team that is truly, honestly listening to you and meeting you where you are and meeting you where your needs are as well. Um, when I work with patients who are going through IVF uh, or IUI, I help support them outside of the space of the clinical setting. Of course, my office is a clinic too, but mm -hmm. it's just a different. We have, you know, the soft music and we have the nice comfy table and it helps reduce the stress level in also supporting the fertility treatments, whether it's reduction of 
symptoms from some of the medications that mm -hmm. need to be taken. Um, so if someone perhaps is having hot flashes from um, some of the extra estrogen that mm -hmm. is pumping through their body um, or feeling constipated um, from some of the medications as well, we help support. And I think it's really important that you have that grounded mm -hmm. team both mm -hmm. within your home, also outside of your mm -hmm. home as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's see. My brain is like functioning in a million miles a minute. Mm -hmm. Judy, have you done acupuncture on men for I have. fertility? Yes. <laughs> How did that go? Yes. You know, every case. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just feel like men, because of no people around me that tend to be more skeptical about right. acupuncture oh of course no i totally understand and and to be honest the majority of my practice is women yeah. um it's usually the women that come in first um <laughs> and <drag>. yeah <laughs> sounds like me exactly and if it's a heterosexual couple then you know the man perhaps comes in at a certain point because they're seeing the results, you yeah. know, from the women, whether um, it's fertility or something else yeah. that's going on. But from a fertility sp uh, perspective specifically, um, I have seen changes in DNA fragmentation, morphology, sperm count. There's really a fantastic research uh, that came out just in August of this year in Medicine Journal, and they were looking at a subset group of 60 men. And 30 of those men were the control group, and they did not receive any acupuncture or any modality within acupuncture. Um, they received some supplements and vitamin E, And then that same research study, 30 men received moxibustion, which is an herb that's used and applied topically, one of my favorite herbs. I love it too. I know. <laughs> I love that you love it too. <laughs> It's so fantastic. And, you know, we see so many positive parameters changed with moxibustion. And so from this research study specifically, using no needles, only moxibustion on certain specific acupuncture points saw positive and statistically significant changes in sperm count, morphology, motility. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen that in my practice as well. Mm -hmm. wow. mm -hmm. That's such a one question I have is if someone wants a little bit more research or wants resources, is there one or two things that you would recommend, like a book, an a author, podcast, a podcast, yeah. something mm -hmm. for someone as they embark There's, on their... Uh, so Resolve uh, is a national uh, support group for... Support group. Uh, national organization supporting fertility, fertility awareness, research. Um, and there is... Um, you can just Google Resolve and, and support groups in your area, and that's something that's extremely important. Again, going back to communication and, and not isolating yourself and thinking you're the only person dealing with infertility. Infertility is extremely common. We all know at least one person that's been impacted by it. So you're not alone and and um sometimes it's difficult to comprehend that when you're the only you and your partner are the only people seemingly going through this uh, but support groups are very useful in helping you feel part of a group and a community that's collectively going through this very difficult experience um we at ccrm also have uh, uh free patient seminars on uh every month, both in Northern Virginia and in our Columbia offices. So this is, again, another way to educate yourself, figure out what your healthcare team is like, and find support emotionally and, and uh, medically um, so that you're stronger to go through all this. I love that that recognizes, <laughs> like really, again, the interaction of mind mm -hmm. and body, and body, right? It's so important. Yeah. yeah. So I think this is, I mean, I could have a million other questions but we're obviously 
we're close to running out of time and the way we usually end the show is on a positive note uh-huh. because based on what we've just talked about we know the value of changing our mindset and having a positive outlook so we ask our guests what does living a big life look like for you mm-hmm. for me you know I thought about this question yeah. a little bit right yeah <laughs> um, you know it's a gratitude practice you know again it's a mindset change And so we often, especially women that are going through fertility issues and struggling with fertility and couples, you know, there tends to be this space of lack, Mm -hmm. something that we're missing. And so living a big life, and this can go for anyone, is really looking at finding gratitude every single day. Mm -hmm. And even perhaps something as simple as a gratitude jar. And one thing that you are abundantly grateful for today, and that will begin to change the mindset as well. Yeah. For, my, for me, it's, it's definitely exactly that. And also small moments. So uh, a smile, a, a thank you, a, you know, you're doing a good job, a moment I get to spend by myself doing nothing a moment I get to spend with my family um, you know a song that I like uh, small things here and there because our lives have become so extremely stressful and overwhelmed um, that sometimes you need to take a small step back and say whoa I have a lot this is great let me appreciate it and back to your the gratitude you're talking about um, appreciating small things is very important and hard to do when you're in the midst of all this yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and Uh, How can people get in touch with you? I'm sure there will be interest in getting in touch with each of you. So what's the best way? So my practice is located in Old Town, Alexandria. And you can find me through Bula Wellness. That's B-U-L-A, wellness.com. And for us, I, again, I'm a fertility specialist at CCRM in Northern Virginia. Our website is ccrmivf.com. Um, we have offices in Northern Virginia, in Columbia, and in uh, in Olney, Maryland. Um, and um, th- that's uh, feel free to reach out to me. I also have a professional Facebook page, which is Dr. Mariani Fertility Specialist. You can send me a question, and I can try and help in any way. Thank you. Jody Vasiliki, this was uh, enlightening, and there's like so much information, and I'm sure our listeners uh, found it very helpful. I I learned many things, but let's say that the three main things is that stress impacts men and women in the same ways mm-hmm. when it comes to fertility, and and also I I like how you both highlighted. I loved your interaction and how you both mm-hmm. highlighted the fact that it's not we do western or we do eastern medit- right. um, i'm sorry medicine, medicine they interact and that while you know western meditation and um, i what's wrong with me Medi- <laughs> uh, medicine <laughs> uh, is very much fo- it has a lot of strengths in like di- diagnostics medication uh, it's it falls short in like looking at the individual as a holistic system right that it's more of what the eastern lens and and I think that another key takeaway is the fact that we cannot change, let's say, our age. I like what you mm-hmm. said, that you said that, uh, Jody. but we can change our biological age mm-hmm. in the sense that we can prepare our bodies for fertility, just simply adopting healthier habits for the sake of taking care of our bodies and prepare our bodies for having a baby instead of just like 
weight loss, right? Mm -hmm. I think I love the idea that we're not broken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? We mm -hmm. need to think of it with that mindset because that, again, takes us back into that positive, into that gratitude if we come to it from the perspective yeah. of we're not broken. Right. Um, Which causes more stress, exactly. right? Exactly. Right. And then the one thing that you both mentioned is the communication, the importance oh, yes. of talking about it, of getting a group of people that will support you, being comfortable and asking questions of your medical community, of the people who you're going to be working with. I think Lena and I both believe that we need to empower ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if something doesn't feel right, know mm -hmm. it and figure out how you find a better option that works for you. So thank you both so much for being oh, here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.